Hello everyone, this is Dr. Song of New Covenant Academy. Today, we have two high school teachers joining me to talk about the topic of writing. What is it about writing that is so difficult for our students? Uh, well, you're going to hear directly from our teachers, Ms. Abby Johnston, as well as Ms. Lauren Bifano. But I, I, more than the names, I, I want to see if they could introduce themselves to you. So that those of you guys who don't know who they are, you could get to know them uh, a little bit about their background, their education, and then uh, we'll dive right into the topic, okay? So, Lauren, go ahead. Hey, um, my name is Miss Lauren Bufano, and I teach history here. Um, I teach um, individuals and societies, um, government and economics. I also teach IB history for junior and senior year. We cover everything war and everything history of the Americas as well. Um, I got my undergrad um, education at Biola University. I got my degree in Biblical Theology, and then I went on to get two master's degrees at Biola as well at their seminary school, Talbot, um, which has uh, just was a really great journey and really developed my love for reading, writing, communication, um, thinking deeply, evaluating various different ideas and thoughts, um, which I think is so applicable today for education, um, not just learning information, but learning how do we think about this information, um, how do we think about these different theories or ideas, um, what should we believe, um, how can we be honest in our academic pursuits, and I think that's really important. Yeah. I, I think Maybe not right now, but later on, I'd be curious to find out, because you, you were helping undergrad students as TAs. Yes. And how their writing skills are, say, compared to where our school writing skills are, mm -hmm. and how we're going to take our students from here in high school level to, say, college level. And that's what we're trying to do, because we're a college prep school, and we're teaching them how to write, right? Yeah. Now. My name is Miss Abigail Johnston. Um, I got my undergrad done at Abilene Christian University. I double majored in English and media communications. So I've got a little bit of background as far as both the actual English, English side and then the application of it as well, um, which I find very useful. In my class, we study um, just freshman English, so a variety of things, introducing them to high school, essay writing, so on and so forth. Um, American literature for honors, and then IB English for both juniors and seniors. Yeah. And you're ACSI certified. Yes, I am. As a teacher as well. So, okay, so this topic of writing, and you, you know, you guys know that I'm trying to teach our middle school students RWR this year, reading and writing project. So a reading and writing requirement, and I know that that if I were to teach a subject myself, it'll be either econ, history, and writing. So we're right up there, <laughs> so, right? So, I... I want to I want to pose this question out there and see how you feel. Writing is a process, but our students don't seem to understand that. Mm. I think our students think that writing is something they just whip up with whatever that's in their head. And when you talk about, say, taking notes while you're reading, to reorganizing the notes, to creating an outline or brainstorming, <laughs> to doing a draft and peer reviews and multiple revisions, when you talk about that process, I think most of them just shut us out. I, I mean, I, literally, I think they simply say, no, that's not how I'm going to write. I'm going to get on my keyboard and start typing. What, what do you think about that? You know, I've told all my classes, we start the school year with my freshmen, um, based just going through how to write an essay. So what's a hook? How do you write a thesis? How do you structure your paragraphs? What's the Peel method? Point, um, evidence, explain, link. But 
there tends to be a disconnect in the fact that they just don't want to do that. Um, like, Why do you think they don't want to do it? It's more work. It's more work. <laughs> it's more work. It's work, right? It's inconvenient. Well, I think this applies not only to writing, but just, um, and I, you mentioned my experience um, at the university level. Um, you know, I really was involved in lecturing office hours for more mm -hmm. than five different classes across more than three years. And what I realized is as the years went on, students, um, I think generationally, are less inclined to want to do the hard work. Yeah. I think the inclination is to just, oh, I'm just going to do this the first time and that's it. And then I'll move on. Right. Um, but I think the process and the journey is so important. And I think that's why you have maybe low literacy skills, low writing skills across the board in the United States, because yeah. we have um, this idea and almost this culture of instant gratification. Right. And that bleeds into academics, like instantly wanting the end result without putting in all the hard work. And in my class, I have a phrase like there are rewards for a job well done. And a job well done is the whole process. Right. It's not just this fi final product. So I want my kids to take risks and to maybe make a mistake, but learn from them and implement that. And you can learn from your mistakes if you go through the whole process. But if you just want to do just the one step, yeah. you're not really learning anything. Right. Yeah. So, um, just to piggyback off of that, I think we as people who have gone through this process know that um, whatever you do in life, whether it's athletics, whether it's writing, it's a process, it's a journey, but, pardon my expression, but damn these computers, <laughs> right? In, in the sense that we need them to access information, we, we know that it's a device, but as far as writing is concerned, what I've heard from the students and what I've seen is that as soon as they start typing something on the screen and when they print the thing out on the laser printer, it looks good. It looks good. It looks almost like a finished product. You whip something up and it looks like the sentences are all there. It, it may not make any sense, but on the surface, it looks good. And when we dive in to correct and fix, they don't understand. They're like, why are there so many problems? Because I, I, I wrote good sentences. Well, I keep telling them, it may be good in your head, but there's a difference between thinking about something and writing about it so that your thoughts are completely well and, and exactly transfer, transferred onto the paper and then the reader is able to see that. So they feel like these computers will do just something magical, right? We're talking... Mm -hmm. We're talking a lot of plagiarism, yeah. uh, using AI, and then we have to play the cop and detect, you know, AI issues. Uh, so it takes a lot of work to write well, and it's a process, as our teacher said, but our students simply refuse to believe that, or they think that they could whip something up and, and fool us, and, and, and they get caught. And when we catch them, they're surprised as to why we're picking bones with them. Yeah. Yeah. And they're surprised and say, like, it looks good. This is a good product. Yeah. Well, anything printed off of a laser printer, anything written on Google Doc, you just whip out, looks good. But so, so one of the things that I know that we're trying to do this, this year is to handwrite things, right? Yeah. How is that going? Well, so there's several reasons for that, first and foremost. I think that's something that the students neglect to really look at and realize, oh, there's actually a reason behind this. And this is something I've told to all my classes. Once they get to the IB level, junior, senior year, 
they're required to write. Handwriting. Everything. Hand you have to like, write. What exams are like? Two and a half hours? Three two, hours? Two and a half and then an hour 45. For yeah, me. you try to tell me to do it for two, three minutes. I mean, I can't even sign yeah. those uh, car purchase agreements <laughs> and put initials down for five minutes because our hands are just not yeah. used to handwriting. Well, and that's, I think, one of, the re one of the reasons we switched back to that was because there isn't that ability to handwrite anymore. So when suddenly these students are dealing with these timed exams, they can't complete it. So switching them back from being used to typing earlier on right. yeah. um, helps. Beyond that, it also at least kind of curves the temptation to hopefully plagiarize or use something like AI. Because it's, it's, it's also a lot easier to yeah. um, use AI when you just have to copy-paste. Right. Yeah. When you have to handwrite it, I mean, it still happens, of course, but it's, it makes it significantly more difficult. And on top of that, I would like to add that um, you know, when we were growing up, we had computer class um, mm -hmm. or typing class, right. and it was because that was an actual tool that we were learning. Right now, our students, you know, they were babies operating an iPad before they could talk. Right. So we don't really need to teach them how to use technology anymore. Right. That's we don't have yeah. classes anymore. Exactly. Yeah. That's more antiquated um, because they already come into our school right. fully knowing how to operate that. So what they need to learn is the skill that we grew up having in school naturally. Um, so it's almost reversed. So we have to teach them how to take notes by hand. And right. that yeah. you actually learn way more. And we've talked about studies showing over and over again mm -hmm. that students process information better. They remember things better right. if they take handwritten notes. And organize their those Organize notes. their thoughts yeah. because, um, and then also their temptation, even in note taking, they'll want to say, oh, can you leave the slide up there? I need to write down everything. Yeah. Oh, That's you mean copy what's copy. on the screen? Yeah. So, well, or, or they'll say, can I, can you send that PowerPoint exactly. to me? Exactly. Well, and beyond that, they, if it's not on the slide, they won't write it down. Yeah. When mm. realistically, the slides are just up there as keynotes, usually for the speaker. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't, I don't have slides up because that's the information they're supposed to know. I have slides up so that I know the information that I need to make sure I reference. Um, so if they're copying down like whatever's on the slide for me, they're just copying down my own kind of references. So, so this might sidetrack us a little bit, but I think it's important to talk about this. Mm -hmm. You know, like when we offer the IB exam or the IB program as a whole, we want our students to be critical thinkers, yes. mm -hmm. reflective thinkers. We want our kids to integrate and synthesize information. It's not just about what will be on the test. But mm -hmm. I think that seems to be the general mode of regular yeah. or pre-IB years where students come to our high school system program thinking, so what will be on the exam? Mm -hmm. Tell me exactly what's going to be on the exam, and I'm going to memorize and, and, and get ready for the exam. Whereas we're, we're saying that, well, you don't really... You need to master the material yeah. as a whole and have a holistic view of the information. And you should be able to critically analyze whatever we present to you rather than saying, mm -hmm. is it going to be choice A, B, C, D? Because yeah. we don't have multiple choice exams at our school. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, we've touched about this even when in the beginning of, of this podcast is that writing starts with thinking. And if you don't know how to think well, you will not be able to write well. Mm -hmm. You will not be able to read well. And so it really all starts with critical thinking skills. And so we always talk about this, like how can we encourage them and give them the tools to think critically? And I think um, one of the consequences of technology and how we've had it is there's so much information. Information is the what. 
critical thinking is the why and the how. Right. And so if we just live in what land, like I call it in my classroom, we don't really learn anything. Learning mm -hmm. doesn't happen with mm -hmm. just information. What do you do with that information? Right. And in, in history, we talk about how that impacts the world. I mean, seeing right now what's happening um, with Israel and Palestine, the reaction on college campuses, right. all like how do we get there? And I talk to my students all the time when we go over World War II, like they, they don't understand how people supported Nazism, but it all started with thinking. So if I could take something from what you guys, you guys just said, is that if our students are taking simply information mm -hmm. and just want to balance that off, it's sort of like what's happening on college campus. They take misinformation and then just bounce it off, exactly. right? So information is readily available out there. Wikipedia has more information than we could ever teach. The thing is, how do you navigate through the sea of information and knowing what's true, what's false, what's right, what's wrong, what's ethical, what's unethical. Yeah. Uh, th that kind of inform uh, information processing is what we're mm -hmm. trying to teach. Yeah. And, and it's never about just processing it. It has to be delivered, right? Yeah. It has to be uh, verbally communicated. It has to be sometimes communicated as a presentation mm -hmm. or, yeah. or in most cases through right. writing. Yeah, and that's like the root of the issue as well. Um, students want spoon-fed. They don't, yeah. they don't want to dive deeper, which is part of the issue, is the fact that, like for example, yesterday in my sophomore class, we we're doing an introduction to poetry. So what is poetry? What is poetic? What's not poetic? 99% of them said, well, structure makes it poetic. And I'm just like, so the poets that were writing this, they were only focused on structure, and that's what makes things poetic. Which, re realistically, that's not the case, but they don't want to analyze and try to find those underlying messages, those underlying themes. Yeah. So we'll spend 20, 30 minutes just trying to get them to think critically instead of thinking on that surface level, almost cerebral type of analysis, yeah. which doesn't fly for something like the IB later on. Yeah. yeah, and I think the IB emphasizes the trait of being an inquirer, and I think that is so important yeah. to thinking, to writing, to communication, is you have to ask questions. So when you do the research process to prepare for you know, a research paper mm -hmm. or anything like that, you have to be asking questions about the information you're getting. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that is the part that I think that I see I miss the most. And for my class, we, um, I require them to have questions, and that's the hardest part. Um, I have like a workbook for my freshman class, and I have a section at the end where it's just questions. And they're reflective questions, they're analytical questions, all different types of questions. And they have to then come up with their own set of questions. And most of them just show me something blank. And I say, why? Why is it blank? They're like, well, I didn't have any questions. And I was like, you always can have a question. Right. And that's something that they don't understand. And so it's hard for them because they'll sit there for five minutes. Like, I don't have a question. We'll sit there for another five minutes. You have to be able to sit within your own mind and contemplate and think mm -hmm. and ask these questions. And I think that's the uncomfortability yep. of the process. Yeah. And that part is easy um, to skip over. Yeah. yeah. Go, a, go ahead. Well, there's a level of them needing to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Exactly. And they're not. Um, and part of that I blame on COVID and the whole just being able well, to Well, we'll get to COVID later. Because COVID, <laughs> we'll COVID has, That's has, a whole has different. some <laughs> but, but COVID's not but, the only yeah. reason. Well, and it's not. But yeah. I think that there is this uncomfortability with being uncomfortable. And they aren't 
willing to try to go down that road. Okay, so on that note, I want to ask mm -hmm. you this. I, I may be criticizing our entire education system, and I, I really am. That's a disclaimer. Well, th that's the issue, isn't it? Um, the reason why we value the IB program, especially the diploma program, is that it forces our students to think mm -hmm. and make come up with questions and you can't ask good questions unless you have read and thought about and you know uh, of the topic or whatever that we're studying whereas we see in say for, even at our school from kindergarten all the way up to say eighth and ninth and tenth grade we have California standards or national standards where we have to teach them information we, they need to memorize and know all this stuff and it's good in the sense because they need to know, say, things related to law or civic mm -hmm. duties. Fine, we need to know that stuff. But we also never take the time to say why. Why? Why were these? Yeah. Why was the? Why, for example, was the Constitution written in the first place? We may have questions about the Constitution as to you know what does it say, but we don't think about why, mm -hmm. and and how is it impacting our lives? Those kind of. Uh, Bloom's taxonomy, higher order thinking skills and questions are not being asked or, quite honestly, we don't have time to do that. We really don't have time to teach that. Um, so we are taking our students, especially in high school level, kids who are really, really just going through, you know, I, I know we do much, much better than other schools. You know it, I know it, but still we want to do a better job. And one of the things that we've been really contemplating is bringing the IB down to MYP and PYP so that our mm -hmm. elementary and middle year program, uh, middle school students would really, really start to think critically even more than mm -hmm. what they do now. Um, but the education system that, that we are forced to be in, in this country, um, isn't really conducive to critical thinking. No. It's not promoting critical thinking no. skills. It's, it's especially something like, say, the AP program is really, oh my gosh, you've seen AP books. We've probably all taken AP yeah. classes, right? Because that's all that was available <laughs> yeah. to us. The vast amount of information that you have to memorize. Yeah, it's just copy-paste. Yeah, and now AP is evolving. They have something called Capstone, and mm -hmm. they're trying to do critical thinking, but it's a little way behind, I would say 30, 40, 50 years behind yeah. uh, the IB in terms of for, you know, uh, trying to facilitate uh, critical thinking. That's the tough job that you guys have as high school teachers, right? You inherit younger yeah. students uh, who are coming into our system and coming into our high school program um, in a different way, different way of learning, which mm -hmm. is pretty much soaking in the information and regurgitating it. And, and as, like I said, as much as we try to add more critical thinking, mm -hmm. thinking to it, the high school years are completely different. Yeah. And, and for those parents who are watching this podcast and you're saying, oh, my, you know, my, when my son or daughter was in junior high school, wonderful child, a great student. You know, you go to high school, now they have to spend, you know, four, five, six hours writing things and they're not getting enough sleep and there's a whole lot to do. It's a transformational and transitional yeah. phase. Well, that's something I've noticed with my freshmen specifically is they are so used to when reading a book, okay, what's the plot? Okay, what's the rising action? Mm. Okay, what's your what's your falling action? But that is the bare minimum when you get to high school, yeah. right? That's like, okay, been there, done that. Now it's, you need it's to given. analyze. You, yeah. you, you should know <laughs> it's that it's like, a given. And it's now like, I'm not going to ask next you phase. that. Like, you can read it yourself. Like, yeah. I can read it myself. I don't yeah. need to know it. Yeah. But... 
it's the critical analysis that comes with that that is what we're trying to teach in high school. Um, but there's like this unwillingness to take that step forward. Well, it's hard because students have been conditioned a certain way for a long time. If you yeah. think this all goes down to what is the goal of education? Mm -hmm. And at NCA, our, our goal in our department is not to just raise robotic people who go into college, then get a degree, then go to the workforce, and that's yeah. Yeah. their life. Our goal is to develop holistic human beings who are able to go out into the world and process and think critically yeah. and um, dig deep and have a real sense of depth to them as a whole person. Mm -hmm. um, that also, you know, faith is involved in that and all, all other things as well. And so I think it's challenging because our education system, specifically in America, what is the goal? The goal is to just simply um, produce um, just efficient informational people to go out to then go into a workplace to just do information yeah. it's so informational and but when you actually go into the workforce people who are hiring they don't want just informational right. regurgitation yeah they want that depth they want that leadership they need that yeah. and that is a huge piece that's missing in the workforce well, the, the sad truth and the reality of the American education system is that from many different countries, especially like Asian countries or developing countries, this is a wonderful system. But I would say um, they don't understand that the U.S. education system, sort of related to the German education system, is a rigid, structured education through which you produce basically factory workers. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And that, that goes back to the 18th century. Yeah. So we haven't really evolved or transformed or transitioned to the new digital age. Mm -hmm. And if we take factory workers, people who are just soaking in information and regurgitating and just having a function or small function, and we just give them more information, so we have basically these big heads, people with lots of information in their heads, but they don't know what to do with it, right? So the leaders that we want to produce, and our school's motto is to educate, enable, and equip the Christian leaders of tomorrow. The leaders must be thinkers. They have to be readers. They have to know how to solve problems, and that requires critical thinking, uh, uh, analytical thinking, and then communication with others. Uh, so writing is a critical component of mm -hmm. it, right? So I, I just want to, uh, you know, we haven't even scratched the surface of what we want to talk about. There's so many things that we want to talk about, but I think we're already at uh, the end of this podcast. So we're definitely going to part two. Yeah. Uh, we got so many things to talk about, mm -hmm. but just want to wrap this episode up by letting our parents and students and the viewers know that writing is a process. Yeah. It's a critical thinking uh, it's, it's a critical skill, pardon me, mm -hmm. that they need to, our students need to possess, but it's going to take multiple years to develop yeah. the school. It's not something that's going to happen this semester or this, this week. Yeah. Yes. And our parents need to be aware of it. We are certainly aware of it. So we... <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, we are. And I would say, you got to give credit to our teachers because they endure through <laughs> the muddled uh, written pieces and, and we have to navigate it. We have to dissect. We have to operate. We, we got to do so much when students turn into work. But this is the journey yeah. that we're, we're willing to go with our students uh, so that they'll be prepared for the future. Yeah. Not, not just yeah. to earn a good grade to go to college, but... We're not just a college prep school that gets students into the college. I always think that the value of what we provide in NCA is 
Will they thrive once they get to college? And what will they be like when they become adults in the world? Um, are they just going to be, say, factory workers or uh, corporate, you know, people who are just, you know, grinding through the paperwork? Or are they going to be problem solvers? Are they going to mm -hmm. be leaders? Are they going to be critical thinkers? Um, so I, I want to conclude this, this uh, uh, episode by reminding everyone who's listening and watching that writing is a process. It's a journey. It takes a long time to develop it. Um, it is time consuming. And I get the fact that kids don't want to take the time. Uh, but that doesn't mean um, that this process is somehow um, adverse, if you will. Because uh, the kids uh, will go home and tell their parents how awful this process is, right? Uh, but I always, always think of education as like taking the medication. This is mm -hmm. good for you. You have to take it and you have to process it and you have to become better as a result of it. So I want to thank the two ladies who are here uh, with this episode and then we're going to get to the next one and we're going to go right into the nitty-gritty stuff as to what the parents can do, what the students can do, and perhaps what COVID has done to, <laughs> to the writing oh, process so as well. So thank you for joining us and, and, and listening to this podcast and I hope that this has been helpful. Um, stay tuned for the next one. And this is Dr. Song of New Covenant Academy with Abby Johnston and Lauren Bufano.